Two key 2024 offensive prospects will be on campus for official visits next weekend for the Louisville Cardinals. We're going to talk about why the recruitments of James Madison II and Derek McFall are pivotal for the Cardinals in the 2024 cycle. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville Podcast, free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team every day. Two four-star players will be on Louisville's campus next weekend for official visits. We'll talk about James Madison II and Derek McFall ahead of their official visits. Why those recruitments, respectively, are pivotal for the Louisville Cardinals uh, moving forward in this cycle and more. Uh, and then to conclude the show, we'll dive into the weekly mailbag. So um, we've... For the past couple of weeks, talked about multiple players that are slated to have official visits with the University of Louisville over the next month. Obviously, May is just around the corner. I'm sorry, June is just around the corner. May ends next week, uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up this weekend. Um, so June is going to be very eventful for the Louisville Cardinals. And really, the spring has been eventful in itself, considering how well the program has done via the transfer portal and also how they have gotten multiple commitments in the Flyville 24 class. But um, two key prospects will be on campus on the June 2nd weekend. Um, And they obviously are not the only key prospects, but prospects that we've talked about on this show before. James Madison II and Derek McFall. We will begin with the former. James Madison II uh, plays at St. Thomas Aquinas down in Fort Lauderdale, um, 287th ranked player in the country, according to the 24-7 Sports Composite, 43rd best wide receiver in the country, and 44th best prospect in the Sunshine State. Um, Key recruitment here for Louisville for a couple different reasons. Number one, um, you have that obvious tie down to um, the Southern Florida area. Um, It's no secret that Louisville has really made it an emphasis in Flyville 24 to, um, excuse me, to make it a point of emphasis to go out and recruit the South Florida area really well. And so far, I mean, granted you have to get these players to, Sign, but they've done well in the Flyville or 305 to the Ville, whatever the hashtag is. They've done a good amount of work to make that come to fruition. Obviously, you look at the commits that they have right now. TJ Capers is from Miami. Isaac Brown is from Homestead, which is right outside of Miami. Um, you also have, uh, well, Trent Carter plays in Jacksonville. It's technically still Florida, but not South Florida. And then Jimmy Williams plays at American Heritage High School in Fort Lauderdale. So three of your eight current commitments are from the South Florida area. 
half of the total commitments are from the Sunshine State as a whole. So not only are you continuing to build up that pipeline, you're getting one of the better players. Look, in all reality, and we've talked about this on a previous episode, and it's been quite some time, but I think it was something like there's nearly a hundred players from the state of Florida inside of the top 1,000 in the recruiting rankings. Don't hold me to that because I assume that that might not necessarily be the case. Actually, I'm looking right now. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and and take a look at where the top 100 prospects land. Okay, I was definitely right. So literally one-seventh of the top 700 are players from Florida. Florida is a very talented area. Not only being able to go into the state of Florida and get a top 100 player, but to go get another top 100 player. There's currently two top 100 players from the Sunshine State in the 2024 class currently committed to Louisville, obviously TJ Capers and Isaac Brown. If you were able to go in and get another top 100 player, that would simply, I think, mean all much more the difference. I personally think that you know, the state of Florida is one of the most talented areas for football recruiting, along with Georgia, Texas, California, you name it. There is a good amount of talent, not only in Florida, but the South Florida area. And I wish, I mean, I probably could, if I wasn't lazy, go in and actually look at how many of those top 100 players are from, you know, Broward County, Dade County, um, Southern Florida, Miami, Homestead, uh, Fort Lauderdale, so on and so forth, right? Um, so we will see. Actually, I'm probably going to at some point do that just to get a glimpse of how well Lowell is recruiting that area. But it's one thing to go out and proclaim that you are going to recruit the area well. It's a whole different ball game to get the results. Obviously, TJ Capers is extremely talented. The fourth best, I'm sorry, the sixth best player in the state. Isaac Brown is top 50 um, as well. And then if you were able to go in and get a player like James Madison, you're continuing to build that momentum. I think in the grand scheme of things, not necessarily eliminating or preventing, but reducing the chances that players from that area are going to decommit. And why I say that is you have players from your area committing to a certain school. I think it makes it more likely that you would not get cold feet in that instance um, because we have to look at the reality of the situation that is, look, I mean, these are players, these are people that are moving 12 hours away to go to school where you know their family is not. They have to adjust. And if you bring along some of their friends, bring along players that are from the same area, guys that they're familiar with, I think it takes away some of that um, you know possibility of, of them possibly decommitting on signing day and things of that nature. But on top of the momentum that it gives you on the recruiting trail, well, it adds – a position or it adds a player to a position uh, that could necessarily be one of need next season and a talented player at that. The wide receiver position, you're possibly going to lose guys. Um, you know, like, let's see. I think Jamari Thrash is gone. I think it's a one-year thing, kind of like Tyler Hudson was. 
you have other players that could go to the NFL. Jimmy Callaway, Jaden Thompson, uh, Mamari Huggins, Bruce is draft eligible. You have a lot of guys that are, you know, maybe looking to improve draft stock. And then obviously with the transfer portal and how things are so very fluid when it comes to roster construction, you have to seemingly address every position in the high school recruiting ranks. So uh, James Madison, the second six foot three, 190 pounds, Fills a role at Louisville that I think um, you don't necessarily see with the current guys on the team. You don't have, um, you know, a ton of height to the position. You have a lot of guys that are six one and lower that are speed guys, home run guys. Um, you have other players that you know utilize that athleticism, like Chris Bell, for example. But nonetheless you don't necessarily have the guy to go to in that regard. James Madison, the second very, very talented receiver. This is what Andrew Ivins had to say about him um, in his scouting report just in January, a gangly pass catcher with surprising run after catch capabilities measured just over six foot three, 190 in spring of last year. More importantly, had a near six foot eight wingspan first emerged on the recruiting scene as a freshman eventually transferred to St. Thomas Aquinas where he cracked the rotation as a junior had 407 receiving yards and six touchdowns for Florida's 3M champions long stride allows him to chew up turf as he works his way up the field while superb body control allows him to make high level grabs look easy every now and then has proven to be a bit of a mismatch on the inside as he can quickly stack linebackers or safeties and get vertical on post and corner routes at one point it looked like he was going to grow into an F tight end of sorts, but um, doesn't necessarily seem to project that way at the next level should be viewed as a potential game changer that offense coordinators can get creative with. I would like to see if he were to commit to Louisville. I think that the best way to utilize him would be in, in the way that Sonny Dykes and TCU utilize Quentin Johnson, the first round pick to my Los Angeles Chargers, in the sense that you're not only just using him out wide, you're throwing him in the slot because you understand the mismatch that he brings to the table. He has the athleticism, he has that deceptive speed, but he's also six foot three and is not necessarily going to lose a ton of 50 50 jump ball situations with opposing cornerbacks that might barely be over the six-foot threshold. So um, this is, I think, a prospect that Louisville's going to obviously prioritize moving forward. One of the top wide receivers on the board for the Cardinals. Uh, Florida State, the team to really watch out for here. Um, of course, he has the official visit scheduled to Louisville next weekend, but um, had two unofficial visits back in March and April to Tallahassee and has scheduled an official visit for June 23rd. So uh, the Cardinals are going to have to really make a lasting impression on James Madison II in this or on this official visit, I should say, because you have an in-state powerhouse like Florida State that is going to be right there and circling around this recruitment. So hopefully we have some good news to talk about after the official visit weekend. But he's not the only key prospect on campus that weekend. Four-star running back prospect Derek McFall is also going to be on campus for an official visit. We'll talk about what makes him a unique prospect and why he could bring a ton of explosiveness to the Cardinals program here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Um, Bird Dogs is a fantastic opportunity if you're looking for that signature uh, short 
or signature short. Uh, if you're looking for a, a signature pair of shorts or pair of pants, um, they're great looking. They have stretchy fabric that makes your legs look great, and they're comfier than all of your other shorts and pants, and they're versatile. So you go literally, um, you know, go play a round of golf and then have a meeting, hang out with friends all in one setting while wearing the same pair of bird dogs. Um, one successful example that I like to talk about, Brett Kreischer, Wakes up at his lake house wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills burgers, and chills with his family, all in the shorts he associates with the summer. That is bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college when you enter the promo code locked on college. They will throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Once again, birddogs.com slash locked on college while using the promo code locked on college. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So heading on into the second segment of the show, we're talking about the notable June 2nd weekend for the Louisville football program as it relates to the official visits. Um, we just talked about James Madison the second. The other uh, notable recruit, or one of the other notable recruits that will be on campus, four-star running back prospect Derek McFall from Tyler High School in Tyler, Texas, 385th best player in the country according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. 34th best athlete, 63rd best player from the state of Texas. 5'10", 175-pound running back prospect, but he did a little bit of everything for a Tyler team that wasn't necessarily all that good this past season. But when you watch the film, when you talk to people around the area, it was clear that he had to shoulder a lot of the offensive responsibility. And that might be underselling it a little bit. He had to do everything. Played quarterback. Played wide receiver. Played running back. Um, you look at what he statistically did for Tyler this past season. Uh, he threw for 444 yards, uh, 445 yards, four touchdowns, um, 218 rushing yards and one touchdown, 18 receptions for 226 yards and one touchdown. So played a little bit of everywhere on the field for Tyler High School. Um, obviously, if you listen to the show, you understand that McFall is a player that we've talked about before, considering that he cut his list. And if the record or the statistical numbers don't necessarily convince you, perhaps this top six will. You look at Derek McFall's top six. Texas, Texas A&M, Alabama, TCU, and Florida. So it's pretty obvious that colleges view him as a... Pretty elite prospect ranked inside of the top 400. So something to look at here. Um, we've talked in a couple times at length before. Louisville's set to have some turnover at the running back position at the end of this season. There's a chance, in my opinion, that Jawar Jordan goes to the NFL. Um, you have Isaac Garendo. This is, I think, his last season for college football. Uh, he's a grad transfer. Uh, Maurice Turner. 
and um, and Kiwan Brown are projected to return. But then again, you never know with the transfer portal. So you have some guys at the running back position currently. You have Isaac Brown committed right now. But there is a chance that, including Isaac Brown, you could only have maybe two running backs on next year's team. You could see one enter the portal. You could, even if you brought back, um, you know, Garendo, or I'm sorry, not Garendo, but Kiwan Brown and Maurice Turner, you still only have three running backs. So best case scenario, you have four and Jawar Jordan comes back. But still, I think that it's almost set in stone with the way that Louisville is handing out offers to the position that the Cardinals are going to take another running back in this class. Isaac Brown is a four-star level prospect. I think that, you know, from what I've heard from some people down in the southeastern region, people who carry or who who carry, who cover uh, football recruiting suggest to me that Isaac Brown is a player that probably exceeds his ranking. You're probably looking, he's ranked as a top 400 prospect. He's probably more so close to the top 50 from what I've been told. These are not my words. These are anonymous words. But very, very solid running back to headline the 2024 class for Louisville. But it would not surprise me to see Louisville go out and get an equally as elite level prospect at the position. And I think Derek McFall fits that uh, mold of, you know, an elite prospect. Um, Obviously you are banking on the potential here, not in a thousand yard rusher, but with what his role was at Tyler high school, you almost have to overlook that because there was so much defensive attention on him. So much responsibility rested upon his shoulders uh, for that offense. So nonetheless, very, very solid prospect. Five foot ten, 175 pounds. Electric with the ball in his hands. The ability to cut directions quickly on a dime. Uh, doesn't take a lot of, um, you know, ability to do that. Um, for him, he also has extremely electric second level speed. So if he gets past the line of scrimmage into that second level of the defense, it's a potential house call, and that's something that opposing defenses you have to focus on and know where he is on the field at all times. Extremely versatile. Um, Jeff Rom's offense, not necessarily as run dominant as Scott Satterfield's per se, but one thing I found interesting, especially watching Purdue in length last season and going back and watching some games, is sometimes they're not running the ball as much, but... It's almost an extension of the run because it's short passes to the running back out of the backfield. So it's almost like a run, but technically it's not. So having that receiving ability is another bit of versatility that I think um, Derek McFall brings to the table that Jeff Brom looks at and thinks, man, what all the possibilities I can scheme up to get the ball into Derek McFall's hands. Um the ability to make people miss, the ability to change directions extremely quickly, that second-level speed, that elusiveness, that agility, um, and then having notable strength for being just 5'10", 175 pounds. I think that this is something to to focus on moving forward. Um, timeline here, um, obviously going to be tough to take him out of the state of Texas. Um, Louisville is his only scheduled official visit to this point. That seems to be like, you know, that seems to be a trend over the past 
couple of uh, weeks that we talked about players scheduling June official visits, that Louisville seems to be that first official visit, which is great. But Texas, Texas A&M are lurking. Uh, multiple insiders suggest that. Um, he unofficially visited both back in early March. And then less or a little over a month later, he named his top six and then obviously scheduled the news that he will be uh, making the official visit to Louisville. So another thing to focus on here, another recruitment to keep an eye out on, because I think that this is a player that fits exactly what Jeff Brom, Brian Brom, Chris Barclay are looking to do with this Louisville offense. So um, hopefully we can, or hopefully we can continue to talk about more players that are scheduling visits for the upcoming weeks and month. Um, but that's going to wrap up the football dominant uh, content of the show. We're going to now transition over into the weekly mailbag. We haven't had one in a while, so I'm interested to get into it. But before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On Louisville podcast, free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Okay, final segment of the show, the weekly mailbag. A lot of great questions uh, to talk about. Um First question, Dan McDonald's press conference. What were your thoughts regarding his comments about job security and entertaining other jobs? I mean, I think that, you know, this is something that he's been adamant on the past couple of years. Uh, Matt McGavick of um, Sports Illustrated's uh, Louisville site essentially said that, you know, this isn't some thing that he just started talking about. Like he's been talking about um, improving facilities for the past couple seasons, um, and the quotes were kind of taken a little bit out of context. So I think that um, he's been consistent in you know you know his pleading to the athletics department to say, hey, you know we need these facilities, and I'm going to keep talking about it until we get them. Um, I didn't necessarily look too much into that. I thought that you know he took responsibility for the season and things of that nature, but um, people are taking that uh, quote way out of context. So. What needs to happen for the Louisville baseball team ahead of next season? Well, I think that you have to um, you know, just get better. I mean, I think that recruiting has gone pretty well. You had some injuries midway through the season to your best players, Jack Payton, Christian Napchak. Uh, you hope that you don't lose a lot of players to the draft and you return a solid nucleus of guys. Pitching has to get better, whether that's utilizing the transfer portal uh, which probably that is what it is, but you have to go out and you have to get better pitching. Pitching was the Achilles heel for the Louisville team, um, you know, that really, really struggled down the stretch. So in terms of men's basketball, the new addition, Tyler Johnson, what do you think his ceiling is for the Louisville Cardinals in his career and what is his floor? That's a very interesting question. And I think uh, we'll talk about floor first. I think floor is, simply put is a player that never really uh finds a or you know, finds a significant role at Louisville um doesn't necessarily carve out a role uh plays sparing minutes here and there but just doesn't necessarily see the court a ton I think that that's the absolute floor the ceiling I mean is I think with his skill set you know being six foot 160 pounds I think knowing you know how NBA scouts sort of view um, you know, lack of height. I'm not necessarily sure that he would be viewed as a first round level pick. I think that, um, you know, a second round draft pick possible all American, obviously is going to be the absolute ceiling. I think for me, realistically, um, is a solid starter, 
that is viewed as one of the better four generals in the ACC um, that you know could potentially lead the ACC in assists is is what I view the ceiling for Tyler Johnson, which I think is pretty respectable for a player that is ranked uh, just outside of the top seventy five. So. Continuing on along, what do you make of the post about Kenny Payne being on the hot seat? Okay, so um, for those who don't really recognize this question, there was a graphic that got released talking about what coaches are on the hot seat. I think it was either Jeff Goodman or somebody that ranked like the coaches on the hot seat. Um, there's a couple names on that list, but Kenny Payne was ranked as the number one head coach on the hot seat ahead of the season, according to, I think it was Jeff Goodman. I could be completely wrong, so don't quote me on that. What's my reaction to it? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know that that is the case. I, I will say that for those thinking that Louisville's being disrespected, understand that this team and this program is not going to get any type of credit or any lasting respect coming off of 4-28, and 28, coming off of one of the worst seasons in Power 5, if not the worst season in Power 5 history, until you start to win consistently. And that's how it's going to be. Um, that's the reality of the matter. And until you start winning, there's not going to be respect. You have to go out and you have to earn it, um, which, I mean, I'm excited to see this team play. But from an objective point of view, you can't necessarily look at this and be clueless as to why national media isn't as high on Louisville as people locally. So um, the final question, staying with men's basketball, how would you grade the additions versus the subtractions? I mean, we knew that this was going to be um, an offseason where we saw a ton of roster turnover. So, I mean, you lost pretty much everyone outside of a couple players like Mike James, Brent Henley Hatfield, J.J. Trainer, Emmanuel Acorafor, uh, Hersey Miller. Um, but in terms of the additions, I think you added a lot of young talent. Um, I think that there is some concerns over the fit. There's some concerns over the roster construction when it comes to lack of guard play and lack of production via the transfer portal. Um, I can see that um, you know style of thinking. I think that Kenny Payne and company have added a ton of talent, one of the more talented rosters that Louisville's had in quite some time on paper, but it's a matter of getting that talent to play together, getting that chemistry on point early on because you have a very young team. Uh, the majority of players on next year's team will have not played over a full or not have not played over a half season of division one college basketball. So, um, I, I mean, I, I like that, you know, there was a extreme talent overhaul. I do have some questions as to what the roles are for some players, uh, you know, what position they will play, um, how it will work out. But, um, I'm excited to see how the coaching staff coaches this team and um, but I do understand the style of thinking that suggests that hey maybe the roster construction you know leaves things a little bit more desired because last year you saw what not being able to play with um, you know multiple ball handlers and offensive initiators can do for a team and this year you know you essentially replace Sky Clark or you replace L. Ellis with Sky Clark and then you add a freshman point guard and those are your two ball handlers on the team so uh, we'll see. 
Um, I'm interested to see how it all pans out, but I'm excited for the talent that Kenny Payne and company have coming in. So that is going to wrap up the mailbag and overall the show in general. So everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon.